we've got uh, today and next week will be our, our uh, last two messages on what I'm calling kingdom entrance. And then, uh, then we're going to start on uh, spiritual, spiritual fullness. And I'm anticipating looking forward uh, to that because to be filled with the Spirit, the, the number one reason for you to be saved is not to get you to heaven. It's to fill you with His presence. Amen. Thank God. That is the absolute number one reason to redeem you is to fill you with who He is. Amen. Ah, oh, thank God. Turn to uh, Matthew chapter 6 with me. I hope you are going through this every day and memorizing this because that's why we're doing this so that we uh, can get this in our spirit, get this in our heart, grow some new trees in our brain where we have something, uh, channels in our brains to operate in besides just the normal uh, routines that we've been in all of our life. You can literally reprogram your brain to function. The old pathways, the, the Bible talks about it, put off the old man, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, put on the new man. Paul was teaching, teaching this stuff, long, neuro, neuroscience, taught, Paul was teaching neuroscience and, and quantum physics before we ever even knew what they were. And when you look at the Bible, you realize that Paul had already dove into this stuff, they're finding it out, they're proving it to be true and right. And so in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, this is just a model prayer that Jesus uh, gave the disciples to pray. But in, in verse 10, he said, pray this, your kingdom come. Not for us to go to his kingdom, but your kingdom come. Jesus said, to, he, he declared that the kingdom of God is in you. They want to know when the kingdom was coming. He said, it's in you. It, it, the kingdom doesn't come with, with uh, we, we're not going to look and see with observation. We're going to look and say, oh, oh, there comes the kingdom down from heaven. It's going to manifest inside of people. And everything that God does is going to be done through people. Now, angels are important. They work with us. They, they are powerful. I thank God for the angels. Thank God for the angels he's given us. Amen. Some of them sing with us every once in a while, which I, I absolutely love. Every once in a while I'll say, hey, you know, I'll, I'll be in here praying. I said, hey, angels, I haven't heard you in a little bit. You need, to, you, need to, you need to chime in here. They work with us. They protect us. They keep us. They, they set things up for us. They coordinate uh, God encounters. They coordinate uh, divine appointments. They, they help us with a lot of different things. They help us to coordinate. Holy Spirit working in us is uh, the manifestation of the Spirit of God. And it's what we're trying to, trying to get established in our lives is that we are the kingdom of God and the Spirit of God in us is the kingdom <clears throat> and the inheritance. And we, we have a whole lot more than what we really believe or understand that we have we are so prone to succumb to the natural limits and pressures of this world that we, we, we vacillate from believing God to, and, and, and being free to being under oppression, being free to being under oppression. It's because we switch back and forth between the natural and the spiritual. We, we live in this body, we have a soul, uh, but we are a spirit, and one of the greatest challenges that we have is to change dominion from the physical to the spiritual. That's a powerful thing. If, we, if you can ever get that breakthrough where you begin to realize you are a spiritual being walking in a fleshly body, and your body is just your connection to this world, but you are, you are a spirit being, 
and you receive that spirit from heaven, so you are receiving from God what he is and what he has in a natural limited world. And so in this natural limited world, we, we see all the limits, we feel the limits, we feel the, the barriers, we feel the, the, the uh, uh, pressure of this world, and our, it tells our brain that we're under control of all this. But the Spirit, we have to allow our, the Spirit to tell our brain, no, I'm in charge, and I'm above all this. And so making that transition... You know, it's like a dream I had the other night. I love these dreams. I have them every once in a while. In this dream, I didn't need transportation because I could fly. I know, some of y'all are going to laugh. But they are so real. I mean, literally, these dreams are so real. I'm not sure about what I don't go places at night. I don't know. But they are so real that I can feel every aspect. I feel the wind. I can feel... The, the movement, I can, I mean, it, I can feel the propulsion of moving. I can feel all of it, and it's so real that when I wake up, it's always a, oh, man. You know? Well, see, that's, that's, that's the way it is with reading the Bible and talking about the spiritual things and talking about the natural things. Most of us read it, and it's almost like a dream to us. We we, we dream about having those things, but they are possessed through Holy Spirit. You see what I'm talking about? See, Jesus walked on the water. He could fly. Amen. He walked on the water. If he would have needed to, he could have flown from mountain to mountain. I mean, it just that, but it wasn't necessary, and it just been shown off. But he was able to walk on water. He was able to do a lot of, lot of things. The natural limitations did not have power over his over his natural body. When he, he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then he began to talk about our needs being met. Give us this day our daily bread. But then immediately he went into our attitude toward others. Forgives our debts as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Now, talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom enters, what we're, what we're getting ready to head into is more about, uh, we've been talking about the establishment of the kingdom. We're getting ready to, to begin to talk about the manifestation of the kingdom and the things that is presented because the kingdom of God is here, is relevant, is, is with us. Amen. It is with us. The kingdom of God is now, right now. Thank God for heaven. I'm going to enjoy it. Traveling from universe to universe, galaxy to galaxy on my heavenly Harley. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy that. It's going to be great. But right now, this is my assignment. My assignment isn't in heaven. My assignment is here. Now, God did not empower me to live in heaven. He empowered me to live here. And so I need to take what God has and get it into here right now now the kingdom of, of god is manifest in a lot of uh, in a lot of different ways turn with me to matthew chapter 12 we know that the kingdom of god is manifest in in power matthew chapter 12 and verse 24 it says now when the pharisees heard it they said this fellow does not this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. Now listen to this. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first builds, binds a strong man, and then he will plunder his house? So Jesus is talking about, telling us this parable about, about a, the kingdoms. But he said, if I come and by the power of the spirit of god cast out demons and you know the kingdom of god 
is come upon you. Now, the kingdom of God is manifest in power. There are power gifts. There are demonstrations of the power of God. We know that the kingdom is manifest when unusual, unnatural things happen. Amen. God let more of that happen. We need more unusual, unnatural things to happen. Amen. And, but we're going to be talking today about one of the most unusual, unnatural things that there is. And it is the greatest manifestation of the kingdom of God. When we look at it, if all we see is the power gifts, and we see we, we desire the kingdom of God to move in in power. We want to we wanna see the display of God's power, God's greatness. And if that's all we see, then we're, we're really missing the exclamation point that God puts on his kingdom. And I want to talk about that exclamation point today of the kingdom of God. We're going to be talking about kingdom character. That's the exclamation point. God is not, he's not impressed by his power moving through you. He's impressed when you yield to him. That's what impresses God. You can raise the dead and God is not impressed because that's him. But you can yield to him and to his character and God is impressed because that's not him. That's you. Amen. We're going to we're going to look at that today. Praise God. In uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Whenever in uh, the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians about power gifts, prophecy, tongues and interpretation, the uh, gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, miracles, the gift of healing, the gift of faith. These are all power demonstration. These are all demonstrative gifts that demonstrate the power and presence of an almighty God. And, and we need an increase in that dramatically. We need a dramatic increase in those power gifts. And, and not just in the church. We need a dramatic increase of the power gifts out in the marketplace. Amen. On the street. When, when, whenever... We're, whenever we're shopping, when, whenever we're, whatever we're doing, we need a demonstration of the power gifts. Amen. That, that's, that, that says there is a greater power here than humanly possible. And it causes people, it, signs and wonders cause people to look Godward. And when they look Godward, that's when we share the gospel with them and tell them about Jesus. So the signs and wonders, the power gifts, is to get people to have a Godward look, a Godward view, to be pulled toward God because there's a manifestation that God is here and, and God, God knows who you are. Amen. The, to, to give somebody a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom of something that you know nothing about, but God speaks to them about a very specific thing in their life, it causes them to say, something's here greater than this person because this person can't know this. So there's a greater power than, than what's here. And when, when somebody's healed, it causes people to say, hey, God is present. And, and we need the God is present gifts. Amen. Praise God. Natalie told me the other night when I was going to be uh, speaking down at, at Restoration Connection, she said, she said this one girl was telling, a uh, lady was telling some of the other people that lived in the, the place she lived, said, oh, you got to come. This man's crazy. <laughs> said, this dude's crazy. He'll tell you stuff nobody knows about. And, you know, just going on like that. What was she saying? And, and she said, this guy is fat crazy, but you got to come. What was she saying? She was saying, there's something here besides this guy. Amen. Because it's touching her. It touched her. She received something that was not natural. 
and it got her attention and caused her to say, I need to investigate this God thing. I need to find out about Jesus. And so these gifts, when we have a, a gift, a manifestation of a gift, you know, you can pray for somebody and they might say, well, blankety blank, God healed me. You know, and that just, that, some of us, that our religious spirit just turns wrong side out when that happens. Well, you're introducing people that know nothing about God to God. They're not changed yet. Don't get all shook up about their behavior. Amen. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's like Jan Crouch on TBN several years ago. This is the funniest thing I ever seen in my entire life. Jan Crouch, you know, she was very, she, she, she was very extravagant. She had the pink hair and, and stuff. She was, she was extravagant looking. And they had on the show a bunch of kids, young people that have been saved off the street. I mean, they were fresh, born again, delivered, saved. You know, demons come out of them. I mean, they hadn't even been to discipleship yet, and they brought them on set. Well, things aren't going to go according to script. When you bring a bunch of kids that's been in gangs and, 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 you, know, and you don't even take them through discipleship yet, you just bring them on, on and put TV cameras on them. And, and this one young girl was sharing about all the things that had happened in her life and what God had, and she said, and, and, and Jesus delivered me, you know, talking about this Jesus, and he, he, he set me free and all this kind of stuff, and talking about all the stuff that had happened to her. And Jan stand there, and she said, well, honey, we need just curse that devil. She's holding a microphone, and she goes, looks right back at the camera, and she cussed the devil out, used every foul word that you could imagine. I mean, she did what Jan said. She cursed the devil. She called the devil every word that she could come up with. And Jan was standing there. And when she got through, she said, well, I guess I did tell you to curse him, didn't I? We can reach into the darkness and pull people out. If we can get over the fear of the, of, of the residue of darkness that's in people because they'll upset our apple cart. That's where what I'm talking about today comes in. We've got to learn to walk in the character of the Holy Spirit more than even the power gifts. The power gifts are great. And we're going to be talking about that more later in the next segment. But I want, to, I want us to look today at the end of, of the 12th chapter, all about power gifts, all about the, the amazing things that God wants to do through us and wants to do through every one of you. Each one of you have, have opportunity to move in a certain gift. You won't all move in all of them. We actually have access to all of them. We have access to every gift of the Spirit. Amen. I've worked in every gift of the Spirit over my lifetime, but they're not all prevalent in my life. You understand what I'm talking about? At times, the Holy Spirit's used me in different things, but they're not all prevalent. But there are different gifts that are very prevalent in your life that will become very dominant in your life. They'll be the main gifts that God uses in your life. But then at the end of that chapter, at the end of chapter 12, then Paul says something that in verse 31, he said, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And then he prefaces what he's saying, and he said, and yet I show you a more excellent way. He just got through talking about all the power and covet the best gifts. I don't know which ones are the best gifts. Whatever you have is the best gift. I, you know, I, he didn't really qua qualify what the best gifts are. He said, he said, covet, earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way, a way that is even more excellent than the demonstration of power. And then he starts right into chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing." 
and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. What Paul is, Paul goes through all of the power gifts, and then he says, but listen, there's something that is more excellent than all of this. And that is the nature of God, the character of God, the fruits of the Spirit. Whenever we, whenever we look at the fruits of the Spirit, a lot of times we look at a shopping list or something that, that you know, um, we're supposed to check off. You know, I, I have, you know, I, I tried to love, I tried to be patient, all that. No, it is the manifestation of who Holy Spirit is. It's not something you're supposed to try to accomplish. It's something you're supposed to yield to. And the fruits of the Spirit are, they, are the demonstration of an abiding presence. Well, got quiet when I started talking about character and fruits. And we, we all, it, it, this, is the, this is where the rubber meets the road. This, this is where the kingdom of God is either glorified or despised. Amen. Boy, it's good preaching. Amen. You can, you can heal the sick tomorrow and then by your character destroy the hunger for the kingdom of God and you've done nothing. You see what I'm talking about? It's not about whether people are receiving. We want them to receive the power of God. But what they, we want people to do more than anything is have an encounter with God. I think it's Damon posted something on Facebook the other day. You know, I, 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 use, I, I love to use Facebook to post inspirational things, you know, people, something that'll help people. And there's, there's all kinds of politics, all, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just a uh, anyway. But he posted something the other day. He said, what if you're the mountain that God's trying to remove so he can work in your life? We believe God's going to move mountains, but what if we're the mountain? And this is, this is the truth in our life. We, if, when, we, when we're able to conquer ourselves, we have won the greatest battle that could ever be, be won. Matter of fact, I, I've told parents before that if you teach a child to conquer themselves, the world will be unable to conquer them. Amen. Once, you, once you're able to, to control and conquer your passions and your desires and, and bring discipline into your life, then, then you're, not, you're not given to all these things. You're able to control yourself. You're able to control these. You're able to conquer by the power of God the things that, that are trying to destroy you. And so he said, I, I want to show you a more excellent way. And he starts talking about the love of God. The fruits of the Spirit are the nature and character of God. It's not something God's requiring of us and he doesn't have. Okay? It's not just, it's not just laws saying, okay, God, God's saying, okay, you know, this is what, this is what I'm going to use to qualify you. No, that ain't how you qualify. You qualify it through the blood of Jesus. The fruits of the Spirit are manifest because of, of the presence of the Spirit of God. Now, if the Spirit of God is not present in you, you're not going to be able to produce the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, patience, faith, kindness. All these things are manifestations of who God is. So if you want to know who God is, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and the fruits of the Spirit, and that is an outline of God's attitude toward people. That, that's, who, that's who He is, okay? We, we, have, we have in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, we, we can see the fierceness of God. In the New Testament, we see the love of God. God is an all-loving God, but He can be fierce. Amen. He can be fierce. He can be terrible. It's the, his presence is so demanding of, 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 of cleanness, of holiness, of righteousness that if, if his presence is released without grace, it can destroy more than it gives life. 
because anything that is not anything that is not pure and holy is dissolved in the very face of, of his pureness and his holiness but the grace of God has brought us in and covered us with the blood of Jesus we are now hidden with Christ in God we are, we are we are in Christ we are covered by Christ when God looks at me he does not see me he sees the covering he sees the qualification he sees what has been put on me to bring me into the kingdom of God and I can walk in as as free and as righteous as Jesus is because that's who I'm in I'm in Christ through Christ by Christ everything is about Christ you can't do anything you can't have anything without Jesus Christ amen that's why that's why they're so uh, they're fighting against Christ so much that's why they're trying to remove Christ from the equation isn't it amazing that that many in our government are just embracing Islam and the Quran and and they're shoving out Jesus you know why because that's the antichrist spirit and and they know the power the antichrist spirit knows the power of jesus amen knows the power of the gospel the greatest the greatest desire of 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 our government today i'm, I'm not getting political this is this is all about this is church stuff the greatest desire of our government today is to is to dumb down the population so that we don't know any better amen and to remove from us anything that would unify us that's why all this racial stuff you know that's racist that's racist that's racist that's racist right now any to anything if your hair color is not what they think qualify you're racist because your hair quality you got to cut change your hair color you know because you're racist and all this racist 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 it's all about dividing the cut the people of America so that we they can conquer the people of America and bring us into servitude to their agenda but if we unify if something brings us together and unifies us we are a major threat and that's the power of Jesus Christ that's the power of the Holy Spirit it brings people together it gives us something in common it connects us together every joint fitly framed together and causes us to become a great body instead of divided sections I mean from the beginning of the gospel the devil has been trying to divide the church keep us divided because he knows that together we're we're uncontrollable we're a force that can't be stopped but if he can divide us and get us all in our little camps then he knows he can crush us because because we are weak isolated but we are strong united amen Praise God. That's why we got to stay united. That's why we got we got to understand that the body of Christ is when when I was praying this morning, I was praying over this church, but I just begin to call out names of churches all over this region. Then God move there. God move there. God move there. God, I call down your power to move. Why? Because that's my church. This is my church, but that's also my church. We are all one body. And, and, and if all of us experience the move of God, then the Holy Ghost water level of this area rises exponentially to the point that it begins to overpower the forces of darkness. Amen. It won't be long. We got a terrible drug problem right now. The Mexican mafia and drug cartel has a, has a stranglehold on this area right now. But I tell you what, we can fight them every once in a while. I get all, I get to, in my heart, we just need to run it. We need to rise up and run them out of here. I mean, you, you know, that ball knobber spirit of my forefathers starts rising up. And, and I start, you know, I start wanting to, you know, we're we going to take care of it. Amen. Matter of fact, somebody said here a while back that they was, they, you know, drug, some drug dealer was, was making threats, you know, that if, if they didn't pay, they were going to come hurt their family and all this stuff. I said, give them our address. Let's be waiting for them. <laughs> Invite them to come. Amen. I told them, I said, just tell them to come to the ridge. It's like a little army on this ridge. You know, just, just invite them on up. I refuse to live in fear and domination of somebody else. You know what I'm talking about? 
And, and that's, but there's a better way. You know, that, that's me. That's my nature. My nature is to fight anything that tries to make me afraid. I have to fight it. I have to conquer it. Anything that tries to make me afraid. If, if I'm afraid of heights, i got to climb that thing. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. There's one thing that I don't put a whole lot of effort in, and that's fighting this claustrophobic thing because that's really powerful. But I do fight it. I do fight it. I told, told a guy the other day, I watched him put on a dry suit. You ever seen somebody put on a dry suit to go scuba diving in cold water? I stood there, and I literally, I, I had my coat, my gloves, and everything on, and I watched him putting all this stuff on, and it was just clinging to him, and he was struggling to get into it and everything. And by the, by the time he got that on, I had my gloves off, I had my coat off. It was cold outside, but I, I had all that stuff. And I, I was standing over there like this. I can't even imagine. I told him, I said, son, you're my hero. There ain't no way I could do that. You put me in something like that, it, you might as well just shoot me and bury me right there. But by the power of God, listen to me, by the power of God, I can overcome that because I have. Amen. I've went to foreign countries, been stuffed in vans to the point that I can't move and I'm smashed and covered up. And I've conquered it. I've been able to do it with peace in my heart. Why? Because there's somebody greater inside of me than my fears and the things that, that control me. Amen. I told them the other day, they, they said, I said, man, you know, just, I said, that's one thing you'll never have to worry about me doing down here is getting in a, in a diving suit and going underwater. I said, you get tangled up down there, man. You, you can't get out and, and all that. Kind of, they said, well, you just run out of air and you go to sleep. I said, no. There wouldn't be no sleeping here. You understand what I'm talking about? I told them that I would rather climb a 2,000-foot tower than go 10 feet under the water in a diving suit. They said, well, what if you fall off that tower? I said, at least I get to fly for a while. You know what I'm talking about? We all have fears. We have things that dominate. We have things that control us. But we also have something that overcomes and overpowers this thing. We, we've got to understand that that which, that which divides us, that which makes us afraid, the things that we're afraid of are, are the trick of the enemy to try to get us isolated, try to get us to sit down, shut up. Our government's using that. Our, our authorities are using that. The devil's using that. He's trying to get us to understand that we don't have any hope. I got to tell you something. We got such a hope that it's greater than anything they can imagine because once this hope rises up, we're uncontrollable. Amen. We're going to end up conquering Praise God. And, and one of these days, when, when we're done, when the kingdom of God is done down on this planet, they're still not going to win because they're going to watch me take off. And I'm going to take off singing, how do I look leaving this world where I never belonged anyway? I mean, as I'm sore and I'm just going, how do I look? Watch this, boys. I'm not going to go straight up. I'm going to make a few strafing runs. <laughs> you better duck. <laughs> Amen. It says it's going to be gone in a moment and twinkling an eye. I don't, I don't like that scenario. I like, the, I like the Elijah scenario. The fire chariot come down and got him. They had to watch him ride off. That's one I like. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> I want to ride. I want to ride around saying, "Hey, should have listened." Yeah. Yeah. Now tell your preacher jokes. Come on, I want to hear a few of them. When we when we allow the enemy to separate us, segregate us, and make us afraid, that's how he wins. But there's a power, there's a character, there's a flow of the Spirit that flows through us and through every person around the world. When you go to a foreign country, you know when you run into God's people because there's a difference about them. 
There's a difference in their look. There's a difference in their behavior. Everything's different because there's a common spirit, a common character, and a common flow in each one of them. Amen. I'm going to have to get focused here. So the power gives, he said, let me show you a more excellent way. In, in Colossians, turn with me to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. Verse 1, it says, if, you, if then you were raised, from Christ, raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. That's kingdom, kingdom mindset, kingdom principles, kingdom um, uh, priorities. Set your heart, set your mind, set your desires on things that are coming from heaven, the God things. It's not talking about set your mind on desiring to be in heaven. It's talking about set your mind on receiving from what is in heaven. Amen. Because we live here. So we need to, we need to get heaven here. Amen. And when we get heaven here, then all of a sudden things begin to change. Lives begin to change. God, ta God takes you and changes you into something besides what you are. Amen. Hallelujah. I like the people always saying, you're just going to have to accept me the way I am. Well, how about we say, just keep your eyes open because I'm changing. Amen. You can accept me the way I am today. Tomorrow I'm going to be a little different because I'm growing in this thing. You know, I'm growing in this thing. Praise God. Everybody, this, this don't judge me thing has is, is just gotten so out of proportion. People just don't judge me, don't judge me, don't judge me, don't judge me. And that people that don't even believe in God know how to quote the scripture, judge not lest you be judged. I mean, they got that down. They got that quoted, you know. Don't judge me. Well, that's not, that's not about judging between right and wrong. That's about judging people to not be worthy of salvation. Now, if I judge somebody that they're not worthy of being redeemed, then that's wrong. Jesus said, don't call anybody worthless because they are worth salvation. Okay? Amen. Amen. But there is right and wrong. We're, we're living in an age where people are unteachable and, uh, and, and will not receive discipline. Correction. Why, why are we so against correction? Correction stops you from making mistakes. Don't shout me down. I'm preaching good. Amen. It's, it's good stuff. Correction keeps you from making mistakes. When we don't allow people to correct us, then we have just said, I am narcissistic, egotistical, and I don't believe I make mistakes. And if you say I do, then you're wrong. If we are able to see ourselves and realize that we need improvement. Everybody say with me, I need improvement. Anytime we believe we don't need improvement, we have just sentenced ourselves to destruction. Thank God for improvement. Amen. Thank God for improvement. <laughs> Man, it just flies in the face of, of this the age we're living in. Don't tell me I have to improve. Matter of fact, they say that people that hire on the jobs these days, they want to be, they want to be managers within a couple of weeks because they, they want the top position, they want the top money, but they don't want to be trained. They refuse to be trained to be the manager. Well, how do you become, how do you learn how to manage if you never learned what's supposed to happen? Amen. Man, I'm, I'm, I know I'm just meddling right now. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm messing with somebody's mindset right now, and I'm going to have to quit. You say, well, don't, you know, don't try to tell me what to do. Don't try to teach me. Don't try to, well, how are you ever going to learn anything? <clears throat> Amen. If somebody never tells you you're wrong, how are you going to realize it? Okay. I'm going to leave you alone. 
Sometimes when I feel those bubbles rising up, I like to pop them. All right, Matthew, or Colossians. He said, set your hearts on things above. Now, let's read the rest and start in verse, uh, verse 3. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, unclean. Now, listen, he starts into character. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Now, what's, what's Paul talking about here? He goes straight into character, how we behave, how we treat other people. Kingdom mindset. The greatest evidence of the kingdom of God is how we treat each other. Man, everybody say, oh, that, oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. The greatest evidence that the kingdom has come is that we are changed. How we treat each other, anger, malice, how your home, is, home life is. If you, are just, if you are just an angry, mouthy person at home and you come to church and put on a front, <clears throat> the kingdom of God has not come to you because he will change your character at home the people closest to you are the ones that know if the kingdom has come or not because they're the ones we feel free to express ourselves to amen are we talking is this, is this good talk amen praise god i kind of like my 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 favorite principal in the whole world just passed away speedy brandstetter he was my best friend he was my high school principal and we were we were good friends i mean i mean good friends because i spent a lot of time in his office and we got to know each other really really well and we would talk so much you know and and i would go in his office i love this guy i mean i would go in his office you know the teacher would ask me to go see speedy thought he was lonely and so the teacher would ask me to please leave leave the room and go see uh, the principal and I would go there and and I would walk in the office and he never ever said what do you do what are you in here for I would sit down and we would just sit there and talk he loved building and he knew my dad was a contractor knew I worked with my dad and he loved that so he would ask me all kinds of questions we'd sit there and talk about building houses and wiring houses and all this kind of stuff I'm a high schooler and we're sitting there talking about this stuff and and when it got close to time for the bell to ring he would just simply say okay Tim three days or three licks which is gonna be now I had to pay the price But it wasn't, it wasn't like he was just, he didn't treat me like something criminal, you know. He just said, okay, you know, this is what's going to have to happen. And so he would give me an option, three days or three licks. That's back when they still paddled people. I, there, are, there are paddles at Hollister High School that they should have framed because they, they used to make you sign, in grade school, they made you sign your name when you got a paddling so they could show your parents. Your your son or your daughter got a paddling, see, had to sign the name. My name was on her so much, they made me start doing the four marks and a slash, four marks. And, a, and I had rows and rows and rows on that, on that paddle. You know, it was just, it was just that, that's just, that was my life. You know, that's how we rolled. And uh, so, Speedy, he would, he would say that. But it, it was never, his demeanor never changed, you know. I never dreaded going to his office. I knew I was going to be punished, but I enjoyed going to his office and being punished. <laughs> it's kind of how Heavenly Father is. When we learn character, see, that's character. He had character. He had character that was beyond a normal principle or a normal. He, he had this attitude that we were not his enemies. We were not his enemies. 
And so if my grades were up, I'd say, well, you know, Speedy, I need some gas money, so I'm going to have to take three days. And so I'd go home, tell my dad, hey, Dad, I got some time off from school. I need to work. And so we'd, we'd work, and I'd make some gas money. And one day he told me, he said, you, uh, you seem to be off school a whole lot more than the other kids. I said, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? And that's about where it dropped. But if my, grades were, if my grades were down and I couldn't afford time, I'd say, oh, Speedy, I'm going to have to take the licks today. He said, okay. Man, he'd lay into me. But then when it was all, all over with, I was still his buddy. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, that's the kind, I'm talking about character. I'm talking about somebody that, that even though they are an authority figure in your life, you still don't dread them. Even though they're going to correct you, you still don't dread them. That's what God wants to be in your life. And that's what he wants us to emulate to the world, even though we might have to correct somebody, even though we might have to tell somebody that what they're doing is wrong, we're still not their enemy. <clears throat> they still like us. God can change our character. Anger, malice, all these things are not characteristics of God. And that's a big change because i got to tell you something. We, our nature is powerful. It takes a lot to overcome that. Amen. My nature can be very, very serious and very irritable. I mean, that's just my nature. I, I, you know, I engage things. And the more I engage things, the more serious I get and the more intense I get. And, and the more intense I get, the more, you know, Betty, Betty has a saying saying, um, <clears throat> why, why, why are you using this tone with me? What tone? I ain't using no tone with you. But we, our character always tries to come out. Our, but there's a power inside of us that can override our character. You know, I'm normally a very nervous, um, you know, got to get it done right now kind of person. You know, I just, I'm, I push and I drive. Except, you know, now that I'm almost 60, I don't have, that's not quite as bad now. I mean, I, I, I kind of know how to just sit down sometimes now. Because, you, you know, sometimes you have no choice. <clears throat> you know, I hate that. I hate it when I'm, I'm working trying to get something down, done and all of a sudden, all of a sudden my body says, well, I'm done. And it's like, what? Yeah. It's just the way it is. This is where it's ending today. It's over with. It's done. I, I hate that. I can't understand it. But God can change our nature. What you present doesn't have to be your nature. It can be the nature of the Holy Spirit. doesn't mean you're feeling that way. It means you present it. I had a lady that works in the office the other day told me that she said, you make me feel so peaceful and so calm. <laughs> oh, you're talking to me. She said, it's, she said it's, it's, just, it's just like when I'm around you, this confidence. I just feel this confidence. And, and I can just, you know, she was going on and on and on. And I'm standing there thinking, Holy Ghost, you are amazing because that is not how I feel. <laughs> but what we present, Holy Spirit can present through you even though you might not feel that way. Come on, that's powerful. That's powerful. You can be having a bad day and Holy Ghost has a good day. Amen. Hallelujah. He never has a bad day. Stand with me today if you would. Holy Spirit never has a bad day. I want you to say it with me. Holy Spirit, Spirit. Never, never has a bad day. A bad day. Woo, does that not give you hope? Because we do. I mean, sometimes we just don't feel good. Sometimes we feel wore out. Sometimes we're tired. 
Sometimes we're grumpy. Sometimes we're irritable. Sometimes things just aren't going right in our lives and aren't going right for us. Sometimes the bills are due and we can't pay them. And sometimes there's unexpected things happen. Sometimes, sometimes our life just gets a running over the top of us and we're not really feeling like we're on top of the world and real spiritual. But that doesn't matter because the Holy Spirit is. He is. And He can just all of a sudden emerge. Out of nowhere. It's like, where'd that come from? You know? You shake somebody's hand and they and and you're just having a terrible day. And you shake somebody's hand and 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 they say, Would you pray for me? Something like that. And then they they say, Man, I felt the power of God go all through me. And you're going, I didn't feel nothing but kind of irritated that you asked me to pray for you. <laughs> they got something totally different than I got. Why? Because Holy Spirit doesn't have a bad day. Right. He's never grumpy. He's never irritable. Next time you're in one of those moods and people are noticing, just, just look at your wife, your husband, and say, uh, I'm, I'm believing Holy Spirit's going to take over any minute now. <laughs> Come on. Because he needs to. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. The, the greatest manifestation, greatest manifestation of the kingdom of God is not just power gifts. The greatest manifestation of the kingdom of God is that he can change us. And people see that change. They see that difference. They see that character. Amen. They know that somebody's there besides you. Amen. Father, the things we've talked about today, we can't even do anything about. We don't have the ability. We don't have the ability to make this stuff happen. But that's the good news. Because you do. You do. And Holy Spirit, we're just asking you to fill us full right now. Fill us full right now. Teach us. Renew our minds. Holy Spirit, disciple us and renew our minds. So that we can work with you. So that we can think like you. So that we can act like you. Help us, Holy Spirit. 